With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today, I want you to open your mind. Open your mind to the possibility that one day we will make contact with an intelligent civilization in outer space. We have in our possession a flying saucer. It's being flown to higher headquarters. There is a lie being told to everyone. They're, they're extra-dimensional beings that an earlier precursor of the, um, the space program made contact with. Do you believe are we alone? Is there life after death? This is the Very Normal Show. Introducing Marvel Man and your host, Sarah Martinez. Hey everyone, welcome to another Paranormal Friday Night. This is the Very Normal Show for March 23rd with your host, Vera Martinez, Lero Ninja, and Marfa Man. Greetings, humans, aliens, starseeds, angels, earth spirits of this dimension and beyond. We are broadcasting live from the hills of Austin, Texas, bringing to you the best, weird, strange, and paranormal topics in this dimensional solar system. The Very Normal Show can be downloaded for later listening on iTunes or just check out the show's archive at blogtalkradio.com slash paranormal. Tonight, we decided to rebroadcast a very interesting interview. Do you remember the Roswell incident? Of course you do. But do you remember the famous newspaper photograph of Mayor Jesse A. Marcel showing a weather balloon as the explanation for the UFO crash? Well, tonight on this pre-recorded broadcast, the mayor's son, Jesse Marcel Jr., explains what his father told him really happened the night of July 1947. The truth behind the Roswell UFO incident. We hope you enjoy. Okay. All right, we are back. All right. So tonight, like I mentioned, we're going to be talking to Jesse Marcel Jr. And I want to just go back to talking about how um, about a month ago we had a uh, nuclear physicist Stanton Freeman on, and we discussed, um, you know, his take on Roswell. Basically, for all you don't know, uh, there was a crash supposedly in Roswell, New Mexico, in 1947. Um, and Jesse Marcel, Major Jesse Marcel Sr., was actually the first officer to arrive on the, on site, and he ended up actually taking some of the debris and material and bringing it back home with him, and uh, that's why we're talking to Jesse uh, Marcel uh, Jr. tonight, because he actually uh, got to see some of that and, and touch some of that material. That's right. And uh, basically, uh, Jesse Marcel Sr. actually, was uh, he, he ended up taking the fall for the whole thing. He was supposed to pre- present all of his um, artifacts 
uh, for the newspaper, and we, the aliens were here and everything, and it ended up, he ended up having to take a picture holding a weather balloon. And so there's a lot of criticism and speculation on that. I want to talk real quickly. We're going to have uh, Jesse Marcel uh, Jr. here. He is an LSU medicine um, uh, grad from New Orleans. He joined the Navy in 1962, participated in the Cuban Missile, uh, Missile Crisis. Um, he retired from the uh, Navy in 1971. He's been practicing medicine in Montana ever since. Um, and uh, he actually uh, became a helicopter pilot and recently got um, asked to go back uh, into duty in, in 2004 and fly uh, during the Iraqi war wow. uh, for about a year, year and a half. And he is a recently an author of the book, The Roswell Legacy, The Son of the First Military Officer at the 1947 Craft Site, Tells His Father's Story and His Own. Here we have with us Jesse Marcella Jr. Jesse Marcel. Mr. Mar Dr. Marcel, are you here? Dr. Or Marcel, you're on the air. Hi. Okay. Hello. How are you doing tonight? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for being here with us well, tonight. I'm, I'm finer than frog here. How about y'all? <laughs> we're, we're doing great. We're so excited to have you on. Well, thank you. The pleasure is mine. All right. Well, I just wanted to get going uh, tonight and, and, um, and, and ask you really quickly, talk about the night when your father came home with the box of material from the crash day and actually, you know, ultimately how that changed your life forever. Well, you know, the, what, the way it unfolded is that, uh, you know, my dad was in the 509th Bomb Group, and uh, he was the intelligence officer for that group. And uh, he and an, apparently suddenly crashed on a ranch outside of Roswell, in the Foster Ranch. And uh, Major Colonel Blanchard rather, uh, dispatched my dad out and to the ranch, along with a Sheridan Cabot, who was a CIC agent, to see what this was, whether it was a military plane, civilian plane, or, or just whatever. So uh, when the, my dad and Mr. Cabot uh, got out there, they realized that this was not an aircraft of any known type. And uh, so what my dad did was to pick up representative portions of this debris, and uh, he piled it into our car, which is a 1942 Buick, and was driving it back to the air base that night. And uh, as it turns out, our house happened to be on the way to the air base. So he no realized how you, yeah, he realized how unique this was. So he wanted myself and my mother to see this. So what he did, he swung by the house. It must have been one or two o'clock in the morning or something like that. Walked myself, my mother up, and look at this debris that he had uh, spread out on the kitchen floor. He prepositioned some of the debris oh. on the kitchen floor, and uh, oh my God. so <laughs> so he got up. And what was one, and was one of your mind? As soon as he did that, what, what was running through your mind at that point? Did you already know that there was a, a, a supposed uh, craft that had crashed that, the night before? No, no. I had no knowledge of that. Uh, all I know is that he woke me up and he says, I want you to come in the kitchen and look at something that I that uh, we recovered from the desert. Uh, this is something that's very unique, and you'll probably never see anything like this again, which, of course, I haven't. And uh, so he got us up and, and looked at this, and I thought, well, why is he getting me up and my mother up at uh, this hour of the day or night and to look at uh, just a bunch of, uh, of trash or, or debris on the floor? And he says, you know, I think his words were, I believe he said, I think this is something from a flying saucer. And wow. uh, so, that kind of, so I, I kind of piqued my interest there. And so I started looking at this, and he said, first thing I want you to do is to see if there are any electronic components like vacuum tubes, resistors or condensers or wires, which there wasn't. 
It was just a lot of metal debris, uh, foil-like, and uh, some uh, beams that had strange writing on them and some black plastic debris. So I realized, well, what is this? You know, it's something. And he's right. I never have seen anything like that since that time. But uh, it was very strange material. What was about the one, the, the, the foil type, that you could crumble up and then it would go back? Well, you know, I picked up the foil, and uh, I realized it was very light. I did not try to stress it or bend it or tear it like my dad did. But he later reported that uh, this is um, like foil with a memory, that you could fold it up or wrinkle it up, and it would unfold by itself to its original uh, conformation. Uh, I have to be honest, I did not see that, but he reported that to me later, that this is what this stuff was. And... Uh, and I, you know, I just from looking at it, I realized it's not like it's, it's almost like an aluminum foil, but not really either. Right. So, what about the beams uh, really, that, that you described? What did what exactly did the symbols on the beams like? How, what would we describe them as? Okay, that is the strangest part of the whole thing, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, these were like metal beams. There were um, the ones I saw were 12 to 18 inches long, and uh, about three eighths of an inch uh, in cross sectional diameter. Uh, sort of like an I-beam, but along the inside edge of the beam, there was some very strange-looking writing of some kind, symbols of some sort. And I first thought they were like uh, Egyptian hieroglyphics, but not really either. They are more like uh, uh, geometric forms, like uh, squares, you know, truncated pyramids and things like that, of a very peculiar color, like a purple-violet hue. And these were imprinted along the inside surface of this beam. And for me, for my memory, that was the most uh, unusual part of the whole thing. That's crazy. Wow. That's crazy. Um, well, okay, after that night, when was it when your dad, was it the next morning when your dad actually went to the, the, the Roswell newspaper and had his picture taken with the weather balloon? You know, I'm not quite sure when he went, but, uh, you know, I've seen it managed. We got to break it back a little into bit. our car. And then I went to bed. And, yeah, I don't know whether he left for the airbase that night or the next morning, but uh, I know I didn't see him for a while. <clears throat> Apparently what the what happened was that uh, uh, Colonel Blanchard, who was the base commander, saw this, and he wanted uh, General Ramey, who was the 8th Air Force commander in Fort Worth Air Force Base, uh, to look at this too. So uh, he ordered my dad to uh, take some specimens of this material uh, and fly it in a B-29 under armed guard to the Fort Worth Army Air Base so that General Ramey could see this. And that is where those pictures were taken, was in the, at General Ramey's office. Now, I did not see those pictures for a long time, but uh, later when I saw that, I thought, you know, that, that's not uh, the pictures that showed him holding some of this. Now, that was not the, the debris that uh, we saw on our kitchen floor. It even switched. And uh, ah. what kind of a deal? What kind of a deal is that? You know, as a matter of fact, right. if you look at, the, if you look at my dad's face, uh, the look on his face says it all. He's, you got to be kidding me! This is not what I brought here. But apparently, yeah. uh, that was that that was going to be the cover up. It was going to be part of a, a, a radar target for a weather balloon and blah blah blah. But uh, I guarantee you that it was not what we saw on our kitchen How floor. How shocking! How shocking that must have been. Um, but. It, in your opinion, I mean, what is your opinion of what he found? Well, you know, I realized that, you know, I've never seen anything like this before. And, uh, uh, you know, 
you know, I don't know what it was, but he said flying saucer, and I can well believe because this is the strangest thing I've ever seen. And I don't think it was anything that uh, that our civilization made. As a matter of fact, he came out and said this was not a human manufacture, and I can believe that just by looking at the at the material and the fact that they switched it, meaning that they want to keep this thing covered up as uh, much as possible. And do you have any idea what happened to those items? Uh, what happened, General Ramey uh, uh, wanted uh, some of the debris flown to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, um, and apparently uh, that's what happened to it. Now, my dad did not go to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base with it. He, he came back to Roswell. And uh, I think uh, there was a C-50, there was a whole bunch of the material there. As a matter of fact, it took a C-54 to carry it all. Uh, to Wright Patterson Air Force Base. Uh, so at, um, I'm talking about just a s- small amount of debris. There's a lot of it. At, at what point did he come home to you and have a discussion that we can never talk about this again? Oh, okay. That was the next day. You know, uh, uh, he, he was in Fort Worth for a while, and you know, I'm not quite sure of the timing of all this, but uh, the next time I saw him, he came in and, and sat my mother and myself down and said that uh, we're not to ever discuss this issue again. Treat it like a, a non-event. And those were his words. I remember that part because wow. he was very firm in the saying that don't ever talk about this with your friends or anybody. Of course, we've talked about it now, but uh, we're how many years later? But uh, uh, but he, he was very firm that we were not to ever discuss this again. So did you guys, uh, did you ever discuss it again with your father, like when you were a kid, or, or did you guys hold up to your secrecy for a long, long time? Or were there discussions well, even, of it? Yeah, even in the family, we didn't really discuss this because, uh, you know, like I said, he was a good soldier not, uh, and wanted to obey orders and not to talk about this. And I was an Army brat, too, so I, I was not going to really uh, discuss anything that uh, I should not talk about. So uh, it was years later that we started kind of mulling this thing over, you know. Uh, and uh, I guess in 1978, Stanton Friedman uh, got wind of the fact that my dad had seen something very strange in Roswell, and uh, so Stan uh, was the first one to really interview my dad officially about this, and, and uh, what, that's why Stan is, yes. Oh, what was your mom's reaction? She was a housewife of the 1940s, very quiet right. and very sedate, so uh, she really didn't uh, have cast what her opinion was, although well, I'm sure she had one, but again, we did not really talk about it. So you but don't again, remember... What did you right. remember of her? I mean, was she, like, afraid? Was she just protective no. with you guys? Or No, she, no, she wasn't afraid about it. But uh, every now and then, you know, we'd be in the supermarket, you know, there'd be a sensational story in the National Enquirer or something like that at the checkout stand and uh, yeah, about uh, being kidnapped by aliens and blah, blah, blah. And we kind of looked <laughs> oh. at each other. Yeah, we know what the real story is here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that must have been so hard for you, for your family. I can't even imagine. Um, I have to ask: Did your father ever tell you he saw any aliens when he arrived at the crash site? You know, uh, he did not see them himself. Because uh, uh, my wife asked him uh, years later, "Did you see the the bodies?" And he said, "No, I did not see those bodies." But he knows people who did see them, so I have no doubt uh-huh. they were there. But but he did not right. see them himself, and he he, he just denied seeing them. Okay. 
What um you mentioned uh, Stanton Friedman? We actually spoke to him yeah. uh, uh-huh. recently, and uh, he, by the way, he had a lot of great things to say about you. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Stan is new, yeah. new, 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 numero. I tell you what, he's number one in my book. So he's a close friend That's of my cool. dad, and uh, and my for mine too. Well, um, well, he pretty much like in that interview in 1978. I mean, there was pretty much not a whole lot of discussion about UFOs for at least 20, 25 years, and it was kind of falling off the chart. But Stanton and your father actually pretty much, so to speak, put uh, you know UFOs back on the map. Yeah, I think so because uh, you know, you know, Stan, I guess had been talking about this or writing about this subject for years, and uh, and when he got uh, my dad's information. That really set it on fire. Well, what what was it that made your dad want to actually tell the story at that point? Well, this is 1978, and uh, how many years later was that? So he felt that it was time for people to know about this. Uh, that uh, we definitely are not by ourselves. That uh, there are, are extraterrestrial civilizations that have the capabilities of inter- interplanetary travel, interstellar travel, and. Uh, well, they don't seem to be uh, any harm to us or any danger to us, but they're obviously smarter than we are because they can get here from wherever they come from. And I think uh, he realized that why not let people know about this? Yeah, and I mean, was your dad different before and after that Roswell incident? You know, he's pretty close, kept us pretty close to his chest. And, uh, you know, I stayed in the military for another several years and finally got out in 1951, I guess it was, uh, when we were stationed in Washington. And then we moved back to Louisiana, where he was originally from. But, uh, again, he kind of kept it close to his chest, really didn't discuss it very much. And people ask me, well, did it change his personality? Did he act strange about this? I, I say no, he didn't. But, again, he, you know, he just didn't talk about it. What was the the town's like reaction? Like y'all still live there, like in Roswell for a while, and was there anything? You know, did people treat you differently or anything? Well, you know, the story was essentially killed the day after this. So uh, my friends uh, 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 didn't know anything about this, and certainly I was not about to divulge what I'd seen. So the town of Roswell itself uh, was just as sleepy afterwards as it was before. <laughs> so right, uh, because there was everybody not much it was public your... outcry. Yeah, I guess it was easier for people to, oh, okay, it was a weather balloon, right. you know. Did he get any criticism for that? I'm sorry? Did did, did, did your father t- take much criticism for, you know, apparently mistaking footage for, I mean, a wreckage uh, for a weather balloon? You know, that I don't know, but I do know in his OER report, so they did not reflect any criticism. Uh, you know, like I said, he was a good soldier, and he was he obeyed orders to the T. And, uh, uh you know, I don't think, you know, uh, officially he was not criticized. But uh, I do know that one thing, you know, he had gone to radar school and uh, he knew all about he knew all about the radar targets that weather balloons have had. So he was not about to confuse a radar target with what he found oh, no. uh, in the Absolutely desert that not. night. And he was no. in, he went to he went to intelligence school. As a matter of fact, he was on the faculty of the intelligence school. That's how I got to be a member of the 509 Bomb Group as an intelligence officer. So, uh, uh, you know, these were hand-picked people, and 
they were not about to make any mistakes, nor were they about to break any orders of silence in order to keep sure. quiet about things. No, we totally we get we understand that. Um, so in your last like in your father's last few days, um, you had spoken with him, and was there anything that he you know that he talked about in those days uh, about Roswell? Well, you know, I guess we kind of uh, discussed it, but because the secret was was divulged by that time, so we kind of discussed and uh, compared notes on what we saw, and it pretty well co- we coincided with that, what we saw. We remembered the same things. Yeah, I do remember one specific phone call I made to him uh, before he died that uh, uh, I guess WDSU, which is a television station in, in uh, New Orleans, had sent him out to Roswell to the uh, debris field and uh, to get his report on this thing. And uh, when he got back, I talked with him. I said, you know, I jokingly said, look, Dad, uh, was any of this left out there? Did they did they just uh, not did they pick it all up or did they leave some of it out there? And his very words were, no, they vacuumed that place up. In other words, they sent a whole bunch of guys out there and on their hands and knees and vacuumed every scrap of it up. So wow. uh, we're not talking we're not talking about a weather balloon and uh, and a radar target because uh, that that would have been just taken to a dumpster someplace. But uh, right, and the debris sure was scattered. It was like yeah. over a mile radius, right? Yeah, yeah, it's quite a big area, and they they want to make sure this did not fall into the hands of civilian people. Right. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, I think we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Jesse Marcel, Jr. Okay, we are back. This is the Very Normal Show, and tonight we are talking to Mr. Dr. Jesse Marcel, Jr. Hey. Hey, sir. So you yes. actually, um, you you wrote a book. It looks about 60 years to the year um, mm-hmm. of Roswell, the Roswell Legacy, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay, so uh, I want to ask briefly about that here in a second. But um, so there's been a lot of books written about Roswell, and basically, what makes yours different than the rest? Well, you know, what I wanted to do was uh, set the record straight about my dad's uh, knowledge and training. Uh, you know, the skeptics are coming out of the woodwork, and they, you know, the, their deal is if they don't like the message, kill the messenger. So after my dad died, then then that's when all these people started uh, uh, hopping up and down about how he's lied about this, lied about that, didn't see this, didn't see that. And uh, so I wanted to, to set the record straight as to his true character, the training they received, and that he really was who he said he was, that there's nothing false or exaggerated about what he saw. And that's what the book is all about. Had you told him that you were going to write a book before he he passed away? No, uh, I, I didn't even discuss it with him because I I didn't really plan on writing a book till all till after he died when all this uh, the skeptics coming out of the woodwork, you know, people who are not good enough to lick the mud off of his boots, you know, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, I just wanted to set the record straight in the public eye that uh, he was who he was, and so I had no intention to write a book until they started coming out with all their uh, fallacious, uh, you know, terrible things to say about it. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, when did you, now you were in, you were in the Navy for several years. Mm-hmm. And when, at what point did you decide to uh, start flying helicopters? Well, actually, you know, when I was in the Navy, I got out of the Navy in 1971. 
and uh, I was a medical doctor at that time practicing here in Helena, Montana, and uh, I wanted to keep my uh, military points up, so I, I joined the Army National Guard. And uh, at that time, they allowed uh, doctors who want to become flight surgeons to go to Fort Rucker for flight training, and, and they actually give you 10 hours of instruction so you can come out and solo helicopters, and that's what I did. And uh, so that's, you know, so I, that's what I did. That, most of my flight experience was uh, in National Guard helicopters and, and uh, Hueys and uh, OH-58s and even some stick time in, in gunships and so forth. But, oh, uh, man, that's, you know, I'm not, that's awesome. I'm not a rated pilot, but I, I can fly them as long as I'm with uh, a rated pilot. In other words, uh, they, they just turn the controls over to you and let you fly where you want to go. And that's what I, I got did. you. Okay. Well, any point in time that you've been flying in the air, have you ever seen anything unusual? <laughs> just well, wanted to know. You know, actually, I can't say I did see anything until I got to, you know, I spent some time in Iraq. I was there for 13 months as a flight surgeon. So I spent a lot of time flying in Blackhawks. And I do remember one time we were flying back from uh, Tikrit into Balad at night. And uh, you always flew two, two Blackhawks because in case one got shot down, the other could rescue the survivors. And uh, you didn't fly with running lights. They were all infrared. So you could only see a Zelda helicopter with uh, night vision goggles. And I remember I was in the back, you know, I don't know what I was doing, but just dozing away, and I saw a light uh, going across the desert. And this is out in the middle of nowhere. And it was a it was a visible light, and I tell you what, you didn't fly with visible lights at that time because uh, there's some bad guys down there going to shoot at you. So uh, I didn't know what that was. I called attention to the flight crew. What is that? And we all looked at this, and it was a, a bright light just flying across the desert floor heading up toward Turkey. And, uh, wow. So, you know, I, you know, no, who knows what it was, but it was a, no, you know, no fly zone. So, uh, uh, we don't think it was an aircraft of uh, not one of ours for sure. And certainly they wouldn't be flying with visible lights anyway. But that, that's only, it's just a, a light in the sky, light on the ground there going up, uh, flying across the desert floor. And God only knows what that was. So, who knows? Just a light. But that's the strangest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Okay, that counts. That counts, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you have you ever visited the Wright Patterson base? This is where I'm sorry. The Wright Patterson. Uh, Wright Patterson Air Force Base. Oh, right. Oh no, no, I've not been there. Okay, so th- th- wasn't there speculations that the bodies had uh, of the alien of of the supposed of aliens went there? Uh, from yeah, the that's crash? speculation. I know, you know, I don't know that to be sure, but that's what I've heard. And because uh, the only thing I can uh, really talk specifically about is what I saw. Uh, everything else is what I'm just reporting what other people have said and seen. But uh, I wish I would have seen something like that. But uh, my understanding is they went to Wright Patterson or maybe the Sandia Labs in New Mexico, uh, places like that. What are your feelings about extraterrestrial life? Oh, it's there. <laughs> it's there. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, there. Uh, you know, we're, we now have the capability uh, in the uh, Kepler telescopes uh, and the James Webb, which will be launched sometime in the future, uh, to determine 
or detect extrasolar planets. Uh, we can, uh, they're finding planets all over the place because up to just a few years ago, they had no idea that there were planets around any other stars. But now they're finding them all over the place. And a lot of the planets are, are, you know, we're getting more refined with our abilities to study these things, and we're getting closer and closer to finding Earth-like planets. So um, um, there's gazillions of, of Earth-like planets out there. And, uh, and you know, most or a lot of them have life, some intelligent life that's even more advanced than we are, and uh, they're they, they're able to to travel interstellar distances. And I think we're fortunate that we've not had any come up to us that were dangerous to us. As a matter of fact, I was thinking that uh, they probably have more to fear from us than we from them because we tend to shoot first and ask questions later. So. Yeah. But I think we're just we're 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 being studied by them just like a uh like an anthill. <laughs> so <clears throat> what do you think like um you know the, the pretty much like since like the Roswell or the era of like the 40s and 50s when when we were getting a lot of sightings and a lot of things going on what do you think about the technology that's just grown from the past 50 60 years it seems like the most biggest boom in our in our history that mm-hmm. just all of this we we seem like we have advanced in such a short time. What do you think about that? Well, you know, uh, they say that there's this reverse engineering where we have some uh, debris or some machinery from uh, these air, these spacecraft, and we're able to reverse engineer this and uh, and learn from that. And uh, I will say that it does take a certain amount of technology before you could even re- reverse engineer something like that because uh, you could take a digital wristwatch and give it to uh, um, Galileo and and, and he couldn't read because <laughs> you know, he didn't have the technology to do that. But uh, I think I think we we may have gotten some information from. As a matter of fact, uh, Colonel Corso wrote a book about about uh, the day after Roswell, I believe it was. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I've read about, I've read that about the reverse engineering. Uh, and yeah, I suspect there's something to this. Uh, let's let's go I'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Everyone, you are listening to the Vera Normal Show, and tonight we are talking with Dr. Jesse Marcel Jr. All right, all right, sir. So, um, I wanted to know, like, you, what, what was it that actually made you want to, like, kind of follow in your 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 father's footsteps as far as going into the military? And I just want to know if this incident, um, has it followed you? Do people recognize you? I mean, has it did it affect your military career in any way? Well, you know, I. You know, I grew up with the military. You know, my I had some uh, relatives all, uh, fight in the Confederacy during the Civil War and the uh, First World War. And uh, so I guess I'm following a, a family tradition of going into the military. And, and you know, I have about uh, 40 years altogether in the military. Uh, I did return December of 05, finally, after uh, uh, joining the Navy in 1962. So, you know, I just it's just been part of my life. 
And, did anyone uh, ever go um, like? Did anyone ever go? Oh, you're you're Jesse Marcel's son. You know, did that ever come up? Like, wow. <laughs> You, you know what I yeah. mean. <laughs> yeah, occasionally. Uh, uh, like, you know, especially if you're flying in a flight crew and, uh, uh, you know, like even going back to Iraq, you know, when once we got out of hostile fire areas, uh, the guys in the crew would start talking about the UFOs and want to know what I knew and this, that, and the other. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, as long as we're in safe areas to do to take our attention off the, off the ground, then, <laughs> then uh, we'd talk about it, yes. Or they're like, Jet Jesse, is it true? Is it true? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've had flag rank officers talk to me about this thing. So uh you know, generals or admirals as a matter of fact. Generals as a matter of fact. So uh so yeah, there's curiosity there. Of course. There's a lot of UFO fans <laughs> fanatics out there. And yeah. I mean per, yeah, but personal, I I'm a little intimidated. I mean it's I am a big believer that there's you know, ET life out there, and but I also am intimidated by all the abduction stories. I don't know how yeah. true or not those are, but it's it's something in the in this topic that is very scary to me. Yeah, well, you know, I, I personally know Bud Hopkins, and he's written quite a bit about this, and uh, you know, he's pretty convincing when you talk to him. I've had had a martini or two with him one time. We're talking about alien abductions and. Uh, and you know, I kind of think there is something to it. I don't really like to think about that, but uh, but he sure convinced me that yes, there is. This is happening. And would that be like like a species of aliens, or are they necessarily doing this for good, or or, or are they well, harmful to humans? I think it's curiosity. And I think ah. uh, they they realize that we're uh, a relatively primitive civilization, and they just want to know. What makes us tick, so to speak? And, uh, again, we don't, you know, at this point we don't pose a danger to them, but I think do they they also kind of stay away from us a little bit there. But, uh, but as far as uh, uh, studying our psyche and, and the anatomy, they they just, I think they're just curious. Um, I have a good question for you. Like, let's say... Let's say the Roswell incident went a different direction. Your dad comes over, you play with the artifacts, and the next day we move on with life. The aliens are here. This was a crash. It was never a cover-up, and we just move forward with life that, that this has happened. How do you, what do you think today would be like? You know, I think that uh, there would be, you know, my personal feeling is that if we realize that we're under the gun or under the inspection from, from alien life that might uh, tend to make us a little little closer as far as the uh, the family of nations, so to speak. Now, that sounds like a very liberal idea, but uh, but I do kind of think that would help us draw together. Maybe we wouldn't have as many of these uh, primitive wars, you know, these uh, that we have uh, going on. I know President Reagan, uh, in talking to the United Nations, talked about the fact that uh, if we realize that... Uh, that there are possible hostiles out there, would that not make us closer, you know, cause, yeah. you know to have a common defense? And I think that's what it would would have done to us. President Reagan said that? Yep. Well, there yes. was quite a few presidents that had UFO interest and experience. Jimmy Carter talk, used to talk about his experience. Really? Yeah. 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 So I think, uh, not, I, yeah, I know President Reagan, again, certainly talked about this, and, uh, 
Uh, he, he may know if Sandra butts it, but this might draw us closer together. I think, do you think that um, humans as a species is ready for the truth, for aliens to come out of the shell and just be present? I think so. At least that's my personal opinion. Uh, I do know that, uh, you know, years ago, I think it was NASA that conducted a study of what what will happen, not it, but when they make the big announcement. And uh, their their conclusion was about the only people who would be very disturbed by this would be the uh, real uh, right-wing uh, uh, religious people who, you know, uh, I have a hard time saying this thing, but uh, but I think the right-wing people, uh, and I'm a right-winger myself as a matter of fact, but uh, I think that they would be very disturbed by realizing that uh, that God made more than just us. And I tell you what, uh, you know, people ask me what did it do to my religious feelings, and and it has made me a stronger uh, Christian and stronger religious belief system because uh, I realize that uh, God certainly made a lot more than than just us. That uh, He's greater than we give Him credit for, and uh, you know, and there's a lot of space out there in the universe to to populate. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I totally agree with you. Yes, definitely. Yeah, there's more out there. I have one more question. If yes. you were to be face to face to an alien, <laughs> what would what would you ask him? I would say, ask him, how do you do it? How do you get here from wherever you come from? Ooh. I just love to know what, what kind of physics they, they employ that uh, we have no inkling on on interstellar travel. Yeah, how do you do it? Do you, is there a space warp, uh, uh, a black hole that you fly into and come out the other side? Uh, uh, is is there some way of altering the mass of your craft so that uh, it can travel at uh, uh, speeds faster than the speed of light without... Uh, um, violating Einstein's uh, uh, principles, but I just like wow. how they do it. Oh, wow. I wasn't expecting that question. That's pretty deep. <laughs> I would ask him about the aliens that crashed in Roswell. I would be like, "Are they are they now like famous famous for being are the ones that crashed like into our world?" <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, it, it may very well be that these were just clones that uh, they were expendable. And uh, oh. they were just sent out there on a mission, and uh, they didn't care whether they got them back or not. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, I, I, I have a question. Like, I just want to know what your perspective is on on how Roswell was when you lived there, and what you what do you think it's become now? Because it's a very it's very known for it. There's a lot of shops <laughs> and and everything. It's, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was in Roswell last year at uh, July the fourth. Uh, Get together. I tell you what, July, uh, Roswell is really different now than it was back in the 1940s. You know, it was a great little town in the 1940s and a uh, small town, and and I just loved it then. I don't think I'd like to live there now because there's it's certainly been put on the map. And uh, you know, you'd be I the guess, mayor there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will tell you what, I just uh, I well, I, it's been good for the Chamber of Commerce to put it bluntly. They've made a lot of money out of this thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Doctor, do you have any projects or events coming up? Well, no. I, uh, you know, I'm retired now, so my wife is the only one that works. So I do the uh, dishes and the laundry and a 
try to keep up with the yard and things like that. Oh. <laughs> oh. Sounds like Marfa Man. <laughs> yeah, but she's not retired yet, though. No, no, she's not retired. She, she's the only gainful employer, employee that we have here. Oh, well, she's a very lucky lady. Oh, uh, well, I'm not sure she'd agree with that, but uh, I think she is. <laughs> All right, sir. Well, I know I'm. I know I'm lucky to be with her, though. Oh, there you go. That's a nice answer. Um, I guess we have time for one more one question. One last question, real quickly. How has this experience changed your life? Well, I tell you what, uh, it has made me very interested in astronomy and cosmology because I realized uh, since the 1940s that uh, we're not alone, that there's other people out there. I call them people, but there are other uh, life forms out there, and they're smarter than we are because they get here from where they come from. So I have a vested interest in astronomy. And uh, like I was saying, uh, I, it has made me actually more religious than I was before because, uh, you know, you know, it's just my feelings. That's what it affected his head on me. So he's been a positive, positive effect. I mean, you're not afraid oh, of yeah, them. Oh, yeah. You're oh, not, very, yeah. Very positive, yeah, very positive about this. That's good. Well, sir, it has been an honor having you here with us tonight. <laughs> Yes, sir. I hope we I hope we can get you to come back on the show here down the road. Well, yes, my pleasure. So, uh, whenever you got my uh, my address here, so just keep in touch and uh, go accordingly. Yes, and if you ever talk to an alien, please call us. We want to be the first one talking about it. <laughs> At least you can call the first one. I'll be the first one. I'll be the second one, though. Yeah, and I have to tell you, Marfa Man is the biggest Roswell fan here. I am. Just a I am. Super, super. I've been wanting. I, 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 this is, it's been an exciting night for for me personally because I've been, you know, I've been well, very fascinated well, with it, and, and it, it's an well, honor. Yeah, he was really nervous. Good. Oh yes, sir. No, you made it feel good this, there. So this is a highlight for me. Well, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate this. Me too. I just enjoy this. So um, we'll stay in touch. Okay, sure will. And uh, thank you very much for the interview, and and we'll talk to you later. Okay, thank you. Good night. Okay, good night. Good night. All right, my father. Yay! You got to talk to one of your heroes. (laughs) It's like like talking to a celebrity. Which is really neat. I'm sweating a little bit. Like, oh, my God, like, we pretty much talking to, if no, you know, the only civilian who actually got to touch and, and manipulate, you know, an yeah. alien Gives me material. This is this is crazy. And he's such an like honestly, he's such a um, you know, being that he's got a military background, mm-hmm. he's very honorable, brave, uh, intellectual, and uh, I think it gives him a lot of uh, source of credibility. Of course, of course, mm-hmm. and what a nice personality. Yeah, he was so laid back and so so nice. What an honor. Thank you so much. Definitely. We'll have to get uh, him and maybe Stanton on the same show down, one time down the road. That would be, that would be really good. Um, <clears throat> I, I have to be honest, um, I've, the alien subject has always been a little you know, <laughs> scary for me. And it's great I'm, you know, ghost hunting in the dark and danger. And, and I mean, you, you wanted to bring the topic of aliens back, and I'm like, what? I know. I just I give know. you the evil eye, like, what are you talking about, aliens? I don't want to talk about aliens. <laughs> like I the, do love your question, though, <laughs> that you love to ask people, and it's, uh, you know, what would you do if you become face-to-face with them? It makes you laugh every time, because you mean it. You are honestly, you know. Well, 
<laughs> I do mean it. Great. Oh my gosh. It was it was good. I'm glad I'm glad you brought the topic up. I think uh he gave me a good positive feeling about the subject. It, it was neat to have Stan Friedman's uh perspective and then to go to uh Jesse's and have somebody that, you know, just a different outlook on the on the uh on the scenario. That that's right. Um but we are running out of time. Um I just wanna please guys everyone remember we are not experts. We are just huge paranormal followers and we just think it's time for answers. I mean that that's it's pretty much that's pretty much it. But anyway, uh everyone join us again July twenty eighth. We'll be here again, Marfa and Little Ninch and Vera, myself. To find out more about us, go to www.veranormal.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you very much for joining us tonight, and everyone have a good night. We are out. Good night. Oh, yeah, that's it for tonight. The Vera Normal Show. Little Midge, Marfa Man, Vera Martinez. We're out. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.